Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Catherine Swift is the most powerful woman in Canada. <laughs> Good grief, yes. Please, Roy, get I read rest. that. I read <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's not a joke. This is serious. You yep. are. No, listen. I had to say this. I've known you for 25 years. Oh, it's probably closer to 30. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's true. It's pretty close, 25, 30. Anyway, I've known Catherine for a long time, and you have made a difference in this country. Yeah. You have oh, made a... Sometimes you know, I wonder. <laughs> you've, made a, you've made a very positive contribution? One step forward, two steps back sometimes, I think. Yeah, but you've made a positive contribution? Yeah. You've I represented... Have tried. Yeah. I have definitely tried. <laughs> you've represented the engine of this country, and that's the small business community that does most of the hiring, and you've represented them in the face of, of uh, personal uh, attack, physical intimidation by unions, yeah. uh, and you never backed down, and you never stopped fighting for what matters. And you know, when I heard about the mayor, when I heard about Mayor Hector McMillan, I thought about you right away. Yep. Well, that's a disgusting situation, I must say. I just heard about it last week when it sort of hit the press. But uh, how appalling that so much money gets blown on political partisan crap. Sorry about that, but crap. And this guy, you know, needs, uh, you know, not not inexpensive, but not exactly, you know, budget-breaking procedure and can't get it? Ugh. Disgusts me. Not only that, and he's all Canadians should be disgusted because this guy hit the press because he, you know, he's a mayor, so he probably got a little more attention. But how often do you think this kind of thing happens every single day? In it does country? happen every single day. It does, and, and 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 unapologetically, they will just tell you, "Too bad, you're gonna die." Yep, a death sentence. And Roy, it's Michelle. Yes, Michelle. I have a personal, like, I've got a dog in this hunt, in that Hector McMillan is my mayor. I live in Trent Hills. Oh. Didn't know that. Didn't know no, that? I, li- I live in Trent Hills, and it is positively disgusting. I understand it's expensive, but so is all health care. And they've given them every excuse, well, it's experimental. Well, why do they have the equipment at Princess Margaret that's gathering dust? Yeah, exactly. That's what the mayor said as well. He said, you know, you, you could bring the surgeon up from Kentucky, pay to bring him up. He would do the surgery and at the same time act as an instructor for the surgeons who are not using the equipment that's at the hospital in Toronto. And there's never any guarantees on any kind of procedure you have. No. And that's that's my point. Exactly, so but there I is really a guarantee. The guarantee exists. The guarantee exists that your mayor is going to die, Michelle. Oh yeah. If absolutely. he doesn't get the By treatment Christmas. that he requires, it's awful. It's awful. I know the two of you would. Uh, I'd, I'd like to have the uh, health minister on the air with the three of us. <laughs> oh, if you could get him on, good luck. I would love it. They they wimp out at the slightest hint of. Uh, controversy. It's disgusting. Well, let's just say right now, if the Minister of uh, Health, Mr. Hoskins, Dr. Hoskins, is listening in, Catherine Swift, Michelle Simpson, who's a constituent of Mayor McMillan, and me, 
we'd be more than happy to have you, Minister, explain to the country, in your words, why it is you and your government are denying this mayor the chance at survival. Explain that. Explain a death sentence that you just levied against him. Triple eight two two five eight two five five. Somebody, if there is somebody listening who knows the minister, if he's not listening himself, somebody from the ministry is listening. You know that they're listening from the Ontario government. They want to know what's being said. Oh, absolutely. So, Minister Hoskins, we will give you the floor. Triple eight two two five eight two five five or four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. It's really that simple. Um, politician who served this country as prime minister for 10 years, not without controversy. Um, some argue that he was the devil incarnate. Um, I never thought of him in those terms. I always enjoyed my conversations with Stephen Harper. Uh, left politics yesterday, as I think you should leave, even though the critics have said, well, he just quietly disappeared. I think that's how you should do it. Um, I had lots of interviews with him over over the years, uh, more than any other prime minister. And I will never forget, and I tweeted this one the other day or yesterday, we had a 15-minute interview. I asked him seven key questions. That's about what I figure I can maybe squeeze into a 15-minute interview usually. With eight minutes to go, he'd answered all my questions, not evaded, answered. So I said, so, what do you want to talk about now? Mm. And he laughed, and I, I think we talked about hockey. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, he was a hockey fan. Yeah. 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 So, what do you guys, what do you, I mean, Michelle, you served in Parliament when he was the Prime Minister of Canada. What's, what do you, what's, your, what's your feeling about Stephen Harper? Well, the, the one thing I can tell you is he, did, he wasn't warm and fuzzy. When I was first elected... Uh, a, a friend of mine that was elected, Rob Oliphant and I, when we first took our seats, before a question period, uh, one question period, we said, you know what, let's go over and introduce ourselves to the Prime Minister. So we walked straight across the floor, hand extended, and um, he, it, I think part of it is he, he really didn't communicate the way I believed he should have. And he shut down communication and access to ministers. That's the one thing I will give the Liberal government credit for. You see their ministers out there, but unfortunately in limousines and with photographers that are costing us a lot of money. But there you go. So, so it's not a eulogy for Stephen Harper. He's going to do no. quite well going forward in his private life. Did he shake your hand when he went over? Yes, he did. He absolutely did. I don't know if he knew that he didn't see us coming. I don't know if he knew that we weren't conservative. Are they members did. of my caucus? Somebody tell me. Who are these people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could be backbenchers behind me, but no, he did. Catherine, what about uh, what about your memories and your thoughts of uh, the, the tenure of Stephen Harper in the PMO? Well, I've met with him many, many times, as you probably know. He offered me a Senate seat several times, as you probably know. And uh, I'm envious. And, uh, 
there's no question, it definitely wasn't warm and fuzzy. But but the sad thing is, the the leaders that are warm and fuzzy are often the ones that are the worst, and they're they're the phony balonies, you know, the the, the Kardashian-esque uh, politicians that we have. And I, I certainly, I am a small C conservative. I've never had a party membership in any party in my life. So, I mean, people always might accuse me of being partisan, but I haven't been. I do like good public policy. I think it helps most people. I was just reading the paper today and saw that the uh, the fiscal situation, just to give you an example, was uh, we were in a $5 billion surplus last year around this time, and this year's number is a billion and change deficit. Right. Uh, that's bad for Canada. I'm sorry. Uh, government spending is required at times. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not a you know, doctrinaire about that at all. But uh, I think with $30 billion deficits, as far as the eye can see, is bad, bad for the country. But the thing about Harper that a lot of people don't know, and he was definitely, he had, he didn't serve himself well with his media approach, for sure, Michelle. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he, he was paranoid. I, I, I think he was actually paranoid about media. And, I mean, some might say he had reason to be because a lot of our media does lean to the left. And, you know, they, they would seize upon the slightest thing that, that a Harper or another conservative might have, you know, had a misstep, whereas a, a more left-leaning politician tends to get away with murder. We've seen that a million times. But Harper had a real sense of humor that, that you, you didn't see until, A, he trusted you, and I know he did trust me, uh, and, and you were in a smaller group, so he wouldn't have done it in a larger group because that would risk a bad media story or whatever. But, but he had, I'll never, one of, the, one of the funny times I remember meeting with him, we were talking about government waste, you know, one of my favorite topics. And, and at that time, there was a, a, a government employee that was renowned for having surfed porn for half of his day for years. He was a customs, a border customs person, and he was let go. It, it was found he was surfing like all afternoon for weeks and weeks, well, I think it was actually months and months, years on end. But I remember saying, telling Harper about this and saying, isn't that outrageous? And he said, well, actually, Catherine, you know, I was less surprised with how outrageous his behavior was uh, with how long it took them to find out that he was doing it because it had been going on forever. And that was a classic, you know, sort of dry humor, I guess, uh, part of Harper. But as with most politicians and public figures, he was a different cat. When you, you know, when he did have confidence, you weren't going to try to nail him on something and, and uh, when you were in a smaller group. And that's what, you know, that's what a lot of Canadians, of course, don't see with a lot of their leaders. And I think it did serve him very poorly uh, because there was a side to him that the vast majority of people would never see. We're going to have to take a break here, but I just want to quickly say that the, one of the elections, it was Harper against um, Paul Martin. What year was that? 2006. 2006. 2006. That was when he was first elected in a minority. Okay, yeah. so so he... So that morning, the morning of the election, they were go both going to be on my show at 9 o'clock, Stephen Harper, Paul Martin. One of them was going to be the prime minister that night. We knew that. And the liberals and the conservatives were vying for who would be second. Nobody, neither oh, one of them wanted to lead, right? They wanted yeah. to follow. Yeah. So we actually resolved the issue just the way they do at a football game with a kickoff. I flipped a coin. <laughs> wow. And, it, and, and Stephen Harper got... To, to go second. The other story was really quickly um, the f the last election that that they won. I got these years mixed up. Was it 2013, 12, whatever it was, 11? No, 2011. Uh, 2011. We had uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes booked with him, and he was eight minutes late. 
and I was patting, you know, like talking to sort of, where's the prime minister, blah, 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 blah. And finally they call, and I said, uh, you're late. And there was dead silence at the other end for about 10 seconds, and then I heard, I'm here now. (laughs) 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 And there was something else he would do that I'm going to trade secret here now. Uh, For years I've had this habit of, uh, something I developed, it's a technique, if I'm not happy with what I hear as an answer, I don't say anything. When the, when the guest stops, I say nothing. And, and then you have dead air. And then eventually the guest starts up again. And that's when they get themselves into trouble. Um, I should never have told that story. So, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but Harper would outweigh me because he knew. Oh, you knew what you were doing. He yeah. knew what I was doing, and he knew <laughs> that I could not indefinitely have dead air. So he would just stop. And he would say nothing, and I would say nothing, and eventually with him, I'd always have to be the one that comes back. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Just little little tricks. It's like, I'll tell you another one real fast. Jean Chrétien here in 1993, uh, election campaign, is sitting with Sheila Copps. We're talking. We get to the end of the hour. The second hand is moving up to the 12 at the top of the hour. He knows we have to stop right on the, on the nose. Chrétien keeps talking and talking and talking and talking and talking until the second hand hits the 12, and he stops. And we have to stop. We can't go on. I don't have any chance at rebuttal. He gets up. He walks to the door, turns around, looks at me, says, not bad, eh? Yeah. Uh, That's Cretchen, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. That's definitely snarky little pugilist Cretchen. Uh, Linda Leatherdale is absent without leave. (laughs) We never granted her the day off. Let's send some empties after her. Huh? I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to tell her you sent that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to send MPs after her. Oh, I, let's check her out. Let's see what she's, let's see what she's spending money. Of course, it's her money. Or maybe not. Um, so she's gone for the day, but Catherine and Michelle are here and joining us as well, and we only have about two minutes because we were talking about things. Aaron Woodruff is the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and has to do with the CTF. Uh, wanting to appear before the Supreme Court of Canada as an intervener in the British Columbia Teachers Federation's protracted legal battle with the B.C. government. Now, the Supreme Court uh, granted major unions and provincial governments intervener status, but not the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Uh, Aaron, thank you for the time. Why do you suppose this happened? Yeah, hi, Roy. It's uh, it's tough to say. Look, there's never a guarantee when you're a, when you're a third party trying to seek intervener status. For for listeners who don't know, it's when there is a a legal uh, case between two parties. If there is an interested third party that thinks they have something important to contribute uh, to help the judges make their decision, and uh, you know we applied for status as you say, and uh, we were rejected. And in fact, the BC Teachers Federation sent a letter to the Supreme Court opposing. Um, our status. In fact, we were the only people requesting status that they opposed. And so, unfortunately, we won't be there, and it's going to be up to the governments, uh, you know, believe it or not, to be the ones standing up for taxpayers uh, in this very important case. Catherine. Oh, that's disgraceful. No, the Supreme Court is. should be ashamed. It's shameful, Aaron. This is, this is just, a, I mean, good for, good for the taxpayers for attempting this, but the fact that the Supreme Court is hearing all these unions public sector unions whose major goal in life is to fleece the rest of us endlessly, let's not fool ourselves, and not hearing a legitimate taxpayer's representative, shame on them. Yep. Michelle? Absolutely. 
I, I, it is disgusting. Aaron, what was the, uh, since the Supreme Court won't hear you and we have 20 seconds, we will hear you. What were you going to say? Well, look, we, we just think this is a very, this is a very important issue about, um, ta- you know, voters, taxpayers having the right to determine public policy. Um, and if, if, you know, unions are striking deals with governments that are very sweetheart deals um, and locking them in and then voters throw out that government and elect a different government that wants to reduce the size of government. You know, if, if governments don't have the power to change those contracts with the union, right. uh, it means that voters really don't have any power anymore. All right, taxpayer.ca is the website. Taxpayer, no S, no S at the end. Taxpayer.ca, right? Dot com. Oh, oh, well, dot com. And every single Canadian should find out about this case. Gotta go. It's disgraceful. Catherine, yeah. Michelle, Aaron, thank you.